This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. And in this one, it's going to be all Lake Show tonight. Two games that I didn't get to talk about. The win against the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to talk about that for like a minute. And then this entertaining game for the neutral viewer against the Sacramento Kings, who are one of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA over these last two years. But before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I go live or post a video for all things LA sports and NBA. And of course, you can follow your boy, subscribe on Locked on Clippers uh, YouTube channel, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Let's get right to it. Laker fans, not too many of them going to show up tonight, I assume, because hey, a lot of them showed up on opening night when when they lost the, to the Nuggets, but season's you know continuing to go on. Everybody wants to hear me talk about the Clippers who are struggling, but I'm still going to try to put I'm still going to try to put out the Laker content. I did say I was going to try harder by being more consistent with my Laker lives this season, and so here I am. So the first thing I want to say, Lakers tied a franchise record and made threes the other night against the Memphis Teddy Bears. And to go along with that, they shot the best percentage of any team ever, I believe, with a minimum of 35 attempts. So that was insane. LeBron, D'Lo, Reeves, everybody knocking things down. And plus, the Grizzlies, though, they didn't have Marcus Smart. They didn't have Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams, John Morant. So we already know the deal. They sucked. It was a total golf in class. AD had six blocks, shut down the rim, and AD and LeBron didn't even, to, didn't even have to play the fourth. But let's talk about this game tonight. Sacramento Kings. 18 people on Twitter? You've got to be joking, yo. Everybody, can you please do me a favor that if you're on Twitter, click the link below the tweet you're on. I don't make any money off Twitter. It doesn't help me at all. So please go down there. I'm going to delete the link on Twitter, please. Thank you so much. All right, YouTube people, let's talk about this game for the Lakers. And it was a, an incredible performance by Sacramento, mainly their stars, DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. I have never seen them both play so well on the same night before. And granted, I didn't watch that many Kings games last year. I obviously watched all their playoff games and I had a live for every single game. But I didn't watch more than, I would say, 10 full games in the regular season. They were unbelievable in this game. As far as the Lakers and why they lost, we're going to go in depth about it. But just to say things to top it off, or to start it off, AD did not look like himself in this game. He was absolutely atrocious. Sabonis destroyed him. He made Sabonis look like Jokic in this game. Nobody could guard De'Aaron Fox. Nobody on the Lakers, stood a chance against him. He was waving screens off because he knew how easily he could get by, guys. And then the Lakers turned the ball over way too much. And against a team that plays as fast as Sacramento and has much more youth and pace than the Lakers, you do not want to turn the ball over against them. It is suicidal. And it was also one of those games where they were knocking down their threes. The Lakers, after having such an incredible game from three, actually weren't bad from deep. 38% in this game. 
11 for 29. The Kings, though, they got 15 more three-point shots up, 13 more shots up in general because of the turnovers, and they shot 50% from the field and 36% from three, 16 for 44 for them. But the turnovers, terrible, and you didn't have AD playing well. Austin Reeves was, in my opinion, pretty atrocious. And then I thought D'Lo and LeBron were pretty good. D'Lo was really good, in my opinion. LeBron was good. His stat line looks great, but I'm going to talk about why I don't think he was that great. That being said, Sacramento, you got to give them a lot of credit. They were so great. And I think the Lakers, they're now 0-2 against the Kings this season. That's not a great matchup for them. The Kings play so fast. And to be honest, the Lakers play pretty slow. Pretty slow. Sacramento is not to be played with. And in the first quarter, they came out playing a breakneck pace, pushing off every miss, pushing off makes. And I thought that besides Torrey and Prince, all the starters in the Lakers were pretty poor to begin the game. D'Lo was not hitting the screens fast enough. When I say that, I mean coming off the screens fast enough. thought he was stopping prematurely, stopping his dribble prematurely and passing. LeBron missed a point-blank layup, and then he turned the ball around two straight possessions and did not get back on like the second one. And it was really weird. And the Kings just, just took off. Demo- and AD, so what happened early was LeBron and AD were running more pick and rolls. Remember, now that Reeves is coming off the bench, it gives LeBron more of the license to be on the ball because we were complaining. And when I say we, I mean like basketball people and obviously Laker fans, even though I'm not one. Talking about how LeBron was off the ball a little too much at times with Reeves, D'Lo, and himself in the lineup to start. So now you just have him and D'Lo in the pick and roll and then an occasional throw to AD and watch him work. Now, the Kings made an early adjustment in the first quarter that changed the game. And that was, at first they had Sabonis in drop coverage and LeBron hit AD for two pocket passes. But then they started switching the AD-LeBron pick and roll with Sabonis guarding LeBron and Harrison Barnes guarding AD. And to be honest... LeBron was pretty unselfish in the sense that he wanted AD to take advantage of that Barnes matchup, and he got clamped all night. It was embarrassing. He was missing shots. He didn't look like didn't look like he could bully him. Didn't get the positioning that he's gotten at times this season. And we've seen this inconsistency from Anthony Davis. Every single time we're ready to crown him the best player on the Lakers, he has these performances. Now, granted, remember, he had a stinger, took a shot against the Heat, and didn't play in that game against Houston. But he looked fantastic last game and the game before that. I don't know. Is it an excuse? Is he actually hurt? The thing is, he looked like he was grimacing at one point and may have re-aggravated a groin or I don't even know what his injury is. But he did not look like himself. I think there had to have been some kind of injury because there were times where there were, like, he got blocks in this game. But Sabonis still scored on him a lot, and he wasn't afraid of him at all. This was one of the best games I've seen DeMontis Sabonis play as a pro. He was finishing over AD, but it wasn't just a one-on-one play of him. And he was also hitting the jumper. He had a three. It was the fact that he was pushing the ball off of misses. And when your big man is rebounding and then pushing the ball right away, just like how Jokic does it for Denver, and and Sabonis is actually faster with the ball than Jokic. He's not as tall, not as big. It's tough when your big man can get the rebound and just bring it up and everybody can just go. It is hard to guard. 
Because if your big goes for the rebound, you're already behind five-on-four numbers. And Sabonis was finding guys, particularly Kevin Herter, for threes. And De'Aaron Fox, as I said, he could not be guarded. Even Harrison Barnes was hitting threes. And I loved the effort from Barnes defensively tonight. One of the best defensive games I've ever seen him play, to be honest. Fighting LeBron, fighting AD, steals. Let me see if he got more than one steal. Four steals. There you go. Yeah, match the eye test. Harrison Barnes, really great defensive game. And... At the end of the quarter, though, the Lakers had a 6-0 run, and there were two instances in this game where Darvin Ham went with LeBron and AD on the bench together. Now, this one in the first half didn't last that long, but Laker fans, let me know what you think of that. Because it's honestly just risky, regardless of how solid the Laker roster is and how deep they are. Granted, missing Gabe Vincent and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. I don't know if the Laker roster has the luxury to go with LeBron and AD out of the game against good teams at the same time. But the Lakers continued the run to start the second, and it was led by LeBron. 13-0 run overall. He got an interception, fed it to Cam Reddish, but the turnovers started coming for the Lakers, which prevented them from really getting back in the game. Austin Reeves. Man, he was bad. Way too much dilly-dallying on the ball, dribbling so much. And I thought, give credit to Keegan Murray. I thought he did a great job at the point of attack defensively against Reeves, really getting into his airspace, using his length and size to bother him, and chasing him over screens really well. And Austin Reeves, I thought, was just dribbling too much. It looked like he was passing up a couple of those pull-up 18-footers, 15-footers. But then at the same time, I was like, is he going to get blocked from behind? So he wasn't really creating much separation, and he made some really awful Austin Reeds in the pick-and-roll. <laughs> that was bad. In the pick-and-roll tonight. Terrible, bad decisions, the NBA length getting to him in the sense that he was throwing the ball away. It was bad. It was a bad performance. And then defensively, when he and D'Lo were on the court together, and I'm seeing the effort from D'Lo. He has gotten better defensively. He is trying harder. But them two together defensively, it's not great. It's not great. And then LeBron, he had like one or two good defensive plays, maybe three. Other than that, he was lazy as hell on defense. And granted, he still, I did not think he had that burst of energy in the fourth quarter, but we'll get to that. I thought the second quarter was actually LeBron's best quarter. He was hitting the three ball from that left wing. I think three, his all his threes. If he, did he only make three? Let me check. Yeah, he only made three, and they were all from that left wing in the first half. So, and they started just getting a little bit more aggressive in that second quarter. And I thought LeBron was still making all the great, reads in the pick and roll all the right reads such a good cross-court passer in my opinion the best cross-court passer that's ever played and he was a beast in that second quarter you know who else was good in that second quarter cam reddish had six points all of them around the basket one of them he had an interception in the backcourt and scored and then delo after having a bad first quarter thought he was great for the rest of the game and he was fantastic in the second quarter with 11 points hitting the three ball hitting the pull-up and hitting shots from around the mid-range area but if you want to talk about a lefty that was cooking, De'Aaron Fox. 16 points in the second quarter. He was knocking down contested threes. It's amazing how much his jump shot has improved since he's come in the league. He's always had a great floater, always been solid in the in-between game. But now what you're just seeing from De'Aaron is the confidence going up. He's tasted winning now. He's starting to reach his prime, and he's thriving. And I didn't make a top 10 point guard list. 
I can, maybe I should think of it. But by the end of this year, I'll tell you what, I'll have him over Trey Young. Probably over Shea Gilgis-Alexander as well, but we'll wait on that. He was scorching hot. So much so that the Lakers started doubling him at, on every touch at the end of the first half. And look, Cam Reddish, don't think he had a great defensive game overall. I think he was very okay. Had a couple of steals, and he's still one of the Lakers' better perimeter defenders so far this season. But no one could guard Fox. Nobody. And you know what? Maybe that's less of a Laker thing and just more of how great De'Aaron Fox is. But Cam Reddish was getting blown by. His screen navigation was pretty garbage in that first half. And then... I mean, Torian Prince, decent defender, but these guys can't guard Fox. I mean, he is maybe the fastest player in the league with the ball. And then Sabonis, I mean, AD had some good blocks, still had some blocks. Let me check how many he had. Four blocks. So he was still doing his thing around the rim, but there were just too many times where Sabonis put the ball up over him and scored. And I was like, man, I feel like AD would block that. Sabonis completely destroyed Anthony Davis in this game. Destroyed him. Completely outplayed him. He looked... AD also, like, he just couldn't even catch the ball. There was one time LeBron threw him a lob and he just slipped out of his hands. I thought LeBron had an awesome second quarter, but he wasn't great defensively. Just really not contesting sh jump shooters and sagging off, not even putting a hand up sometimes. And his transition defense, I thought, was also poor. And I just think, in general, the Lakers' transition defense was just poor. They were tired on a back-to-back. -back. This team is just too plays too fast for them, in my opinion, Sacramento. They play a little too fast. What you got to do against the Kings is you really got to slow the game down. You got to cut off the interior. And I think you need a little bit of a sharper AD for that. But you got to be a little better at the point of attack as well. If De'Aaron Fox is getting in the lane like that, uh -uh. you're not going to stand a chance. Three offensive I'm sorry. De'Aaron Fox had an offensive rebound on a free throw at the end of the half. So to an extent, the Lakers were just getting outworked. Stu Lance even called it out in commentary that the defensive intensity was just not good enough. But again, they're on a back-to-back, -back, a little bit of an older team. Tell me what you think in terms of how much that's an excuse, Laker fans, in the comments. Second half. Sorry, just drinking water for the Spotify and Apple people. Breakneck Kings again to start the third. Kevin Herter hitting three balls. And look, it's tough when you're guarding the Kings, right? They're just so hard to guard when they're hitting threes because they're one of the few teams in the league along with the Nuggets and the Warriors that really run a motion-style offense with constant movement. You have good pick-and-roll play, but you also have a big man at the high post that can initiate and that can make great passes over the top and just read the defense well. And that dribble handoff with Sabonis and Herter was lethal last season, right? And it's hard to guard because you don't, you can't go underneath the screen with Herter. That's just too much space. He'll let it fly. If you hedge it or blitz it, Sabonis in the short roll, one of the best we've got in the league today. So switch it, Sabonis might take advantage of you. And there were times where I think the Lakers just tried to show and recover, stay attached to Sabonis. But that gave her that little, little glimmer of space. And you got to be really good at the point of attack. There were sometimes I thought the Lakers were still in his rear view. One time in the first quarter, this man hit a mid-range where he double clutch. D'Lo was chasing him off the screen well. And you know what? I see the effort from D'Lo defensively, the improvement. I do. I don't think he was bad at all in this game, personally. Maybe you would disagree with me, Laker fans. Let me know. But Reeves, I thought he was just ball pounding, not really moving without the ball like that, turning the ball over, making terrible reads. And I thought the Lakers in general made 
some terrible decisions to start the third quarter. LeBron and D'Lo shot a couple contested threes earlier in the clock. They were turning it over. LeBron was turning it over. Bad outlet pass. D'Lo was really the only one I thought that was good in the third for the Lakers. Six points in the quarter. He was setting a lot of screens, trying to pick and pop a little bit. And Braun, after that chase down block he had on Sabonis, he looked exhausted. I, 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 looked, I saw his facial expression, and I was like, he's, he's, he's cashed. Which makes me even more impressed that in the fourth quarter, he was still able to find that little bit of juice. Just an unbelievable physical specimen, LeBron James. But again, Darvin Ham went no AD or Braun for a bit in that third quarter, and it wasn't so pretty. Kevin Herter was hitting everything, everything. And it's just so hard to guard the Kings. And the Lakers, they play a very stagnant offense, a very LeBron and Austin Reeves take turns running pick and roll, maybe an occasional dump down to AD. And when you have LeBron James, that's the best guy to have when you want to play that kind of offense. Most LeBron teams are fairly stagnant, but it's they usually have a better LeBron than this. He's in 21st year now. And Reeves got has to be better. He cannot be taken. And LeBron also taking, you know, how many turnovers did he have in this game? Let's check. Six turnovers. That was the, and Anthony Davis had five. Oh my goodness. 23 turnovers for the Lakers, four for Reeves. 23 turnovers and 30 points off those turnovers. It's going to be hard to win a game against the Kings when you're doing that. And you're taking bad shots. Like Delo's coming up, taking a contested three early in the third quarter when you're down 13 points. Like whatever happened to good shot selection? Just kidding. I know what happened. Analytics and pace. You want to get as many shots up as possible, the volume, the threes, the math game. Man, fuck that. Let's take a good shot when you're down 13. Anyway, so hard to guard Sacramento, man. It really is, especially when Sabonis is on that type of time. Oh, my God. He was just so impressive in this game. His shots around the basket, the aggression that he was playing with, the way he was able to push the pace. The Kings went up 25. Everyone was hitting. Chris Duarte came in and hit two shots. It's crazy. Malik Monk wasn't hitting, though. One for eight from the field and one for five from three. But he had three points, five rebounds, five assists. You'll take the five assists. Three turnovers. He wasn't great. Keon Ellis, never seen him play before. What year was he drafted? Huh, maybe he wasn't even drafted. Don't know anything about him. Played at Alabama. First season. He's 23 years old. Averaging five points this year. And didn't hit a shot. I, did, I, when I, I saw the Laker players and they were going under screens on him. They weren't concerned about him. Played nine minutes. He was 0 for 3. Chris Duarte played four minutes and was 2 for 2. Four points. Former Laker JaVale McGee played in this game. So the Kings went 10 deep, but they did not give their reserves many minutes. Every starter played 31 minutes or more for Sacramento. Malik, I'm sorry, I already said Malik Monk. Sasha Vizenkov. So no Davion Mitchell coach's decision in this game. Wow. I haven't been keeping up with Sacramento, but I love his perimeter defense. He must be playing poorly offensively to be benched. Petrusev, I'm mean, not sorry, Petrusev, <laughs> Vizenkov, who I've heard a lot about in terms of the EuroLeague, he was just shooting threes and missing. Four points, 0 for 3 from deep, 1 for 4 from the field in 12 minutes. Had two steals, though, but wasn't that impressive. The second quarter was a dead-even 34-34 tie, but the third quarter, just like the first, was a double-digit win for the Kings. 32-21, way too many turnovers for the Lakers, and you know what? It was just a matter of, the Lakers went cold when they just couldn't. They were down 13, and the Kings were hitting basically everything, it felt like. 
Everyone went cold. LeBron, I don't think, had a field goal in the third. You know what? Let me look it up just because I want to be accurate. Don't want to be spewing false information. Journalistic principles, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. But Anthony Davis was just giving the Lakers absolutely nothing. Nothing. And then defensively, you know, there were times where LeBron was getting beat off the bounce, and then he would look at someone and yell, like, oh, where, where's the help? But, like, dude, I, you probably thought you were going to do a little bit of a better job. Then there was another time, Lob went up. LeBron was the closest player to, I forget who it was. I think it may have been JaVale. He didn't go up. He thought Jackson Hayes, being that he has more bounce and was uh, kind of on that low block area, would go up. And Jackson Hayes actually apologized, but I thought LeBron was going to go up for it because he was the one that was trailing or uh, trailing that big on the pick and roll. But let's see what we got here. Laker, Laker, Lakers. 125 to 110 was the final score in this one. But let's see. Third quarter, Lakers. Yeah, LeBron had two points from the line, but he was 0 for 2. Anthony Davis had no points. D'Lo was the only one who had more than four points. He had six points. So, yeah, it wasn't a very good quarter for the Lakers. They couldn't really score. They got outscored 32-21, and they went down by as many as 26. And then in the fourth, they made a furious comeback. <laughs> furious comeback. The, Darvin Ham started with the starters uh, in the beginning of the fourth. I was thinking, are they going to wave the white flag? They went for it. One big run. And LeBron, he really started going. Him and D'Lo. D'Lo was making all his threes. Saw a little bit of that pick and pop action with D'Lo and Braun. And then LeBron, an and one, a couple of nice takes to the rim. Made a push. But AD, it's not giving him much. Just more effort from the Lakers. And Sacramento was just trying to kill clock and had some bad possessions. I thought LeBron did a really good job on the glass tonight as well. And making some amazing reads. And then finally, Cam Reddish made a three in that left corner late in the game. The Lakers got it down to, I want to say, six. Nah, I didn't get it down to six. Let me see. It got to single digits. It was 110 to 119. Yeah, that was the closest they got. There was a big defensive play. Lakers cut it down to 16. And then Harrison Barnes had a backdoor cut. LeBron fell asleep. And he scored. And then, by the way, it was interesting. Before the run happened, LeBron had some weird plays in the beginning of the fourth. It's like turning the ball over, not getting back. It's just strange. But I'm not trying to like blame him or anything because he was also part of the comeback. And D'Lo was also great. But Reeves, you know, a couple of buckets in the, in the pick and roll. Overall, I didn't like the way he played in this game. He was just dribbling too much. And he was making bad reads. But anyway... I have to give I have to give credit to the Kings. It was a wire to wire victory, and every single time the Lakers made a push, they answered it. They answered it every time. De'Aaron Fox, most most of the time, but even Keegan Murray, he had that big steal on the handoff between AD and Reeves with four minutes to go. That put them up by fourteen, and I think after that, I thought it was over. But the Lakers had that little 5-0 push with Austin Reeves' step back and then Cam Reddish's three on a bullet pass by LeBron. A bullet pass, which was still a low catch for Cam. And he hit it, cut it down to nine. And then LeBron had that turnover against Harrison Barnes. That was crucial. And after Keegan Murray made the free throw, made it a 10-point game, and they never really looked back. But And also, I want to give a shout-out to Sabonis. He had a floater, too, and another one of those big Laker pushes in that fourth. I think it made, to make it one either 108 to 90 or 18 
118 to 100, but it was a big shot. Lakers won the fourth 30 to 21, but they lose it by 15 in the end. Even though they shot 50.6% from the field, the Lakers, so an efficient game overall. And from three, 38%, 79% from the line, 15 for 19. Kings 13 for 17, so the Lakers got to the line more. But it was the possession battle. You turn the ball over 23 times, that's not going to win you ball games against the team that plays at the pace of Sacramento. And their duo, star duo, played better than the Lakers' star duo. Comes down to that at the end. And Kevin Herter. I mean, Austin, I'm sorry, D'Angelo Russell at 28, Kevin Herter at 28, so that kind of canceled out. It was really the stars. By the way, not a sellout tonight for the Lakers. 98% capacity. Clippers not selling out against Memphis for Harden's first game either. So LA basketball fans, uh, step it up. As far as Laker fans, those ticket prices are outrageous, so I don't blame them. Clipper fans, get to the arena. We have four Hall of Famers playing for us. Anyway, future Hall of Famers. Let's read the lines. I already read the bench for the Kings. Keegan Murray. 31 minutes played in this game, 9.6 boards, 2 dimes, 2 steals, 1 turnover. He was a plus 13. He shot only 33% from the field, 3 for 9, but was 2 for 7 from deep, which is uh, not great either. But his defense on Austin Reeves I thought was exceptional, and that was a big part of the win because Reeves' bad performance really hurt the Lakers, and I thought Keegan Murray was a part of that. And that steal at the end was huge. And didn't do it. I don't think he did many bad things. You know, he missed some shots, but overall, I, I see a higher defensive effort from Keegan Murray early on this season. Good performance. How about Harrison Barnes? What a solid game for him. Got scored on by LeBron a couple times, boo-hoo, but really shut down AD in one-on-one situations. 13 points. Only one rebound, two assists, four steals. He shot 50% from the field and three, 55 for 10 from the field, three for six from deep, and was a plus 16. Harrison Barnes, really solid game, one of the better games I've seen him play in a minute. Kevon Herter, Kevon, Kevin Herter, Kevon as he called him in Atlanta, 28 points, four boards, seven assists. So again, that dribble handoff, those flare screens that get him free lead to some great things. Two steals as well and no turnovers. Just an absolutely fantastic performance from Herter. Thought the Lakers did not attack him defensively enough. He is the weakest link in that starting lineup. Don't know why they didn't go at him as much. 10 for 16 from the field and 6 for 11 from three. Six threes. He was spectacular. How about Mr. Fox? Unbelievable performance. Could not be stopped. 28 points. Five rebounds, five assists, four steals, three turnovers. I want to clean that up a bit. 10 for 22 from the field. Shot 33% from three, three for nine. I felt like he shot better than that in the game, to be honest. Five for seven from the line. He was just spectacular. Getting to the paint at will, making big shots to stop runs. And then Sabonis, my player of the game, absolutely dominated AD, pushed the pace off boards, got to the basket, went up strong, knocked down the outside shot, shot one three, made it, shot two free throws, made them both. 13 for 19 from the field for him, 29 points, 16 rebounds, five of those offensive, seven assists, three steals, and a block. He had his fingerprints all over this game. 39 minutes played for him, 39 minutes played for Harrison Barnes, and 38 minutes played for Fox and Herter. 
for the Lakers. Jackson Hayes. Thought he was very active. Very, You can always say that about him, but he's a foul machine. Three points, all from the line, three for four. One rebound, one steal. He He's very athletic. That's what I'll say about him. I don't think he was, you know, anything, any part of the loss, really. Christian Wood only got nine minutes. Had five points, two rebounds. Got scored on twice. Or got scored on once and then fouled. I mean, is he, you think he should have gotten more minutes, Laker Nation? Five points, two for two. Uh, he's been pretty good this season, in my opinion. It's a little low. Rui Hachimura. It's been good to get him back, but he felt a little quiet. 18 minutes played, five points, two for five from the field. Made his only three on a nice LeBron pass when LeBron was in the post and drew two defenders. So it was really an eight-man rotation for the Lakers. Torian Prince played 25 minutes. He had seven points, two rebounds on three for seven shooting and one for four from three. Didn't really feel Torian's impact defensively in this game, and he could have, you know, just the 25% from three really hurt because there were some shots where you were like, needed those, needed those. He was okay. Don't think you can really blame him much. He is who he is. He hasn't started for a good team, like, I don't think ever in the NBA. Cam Reddish. I mean, I think I know he had the five steals, but I thought point of attack wasn't great defensively. But overall, solid game from him. If you're going to get 16 points and five steals on 50% shooting and 40% from three from Cam Reddish, you're going to take that. Seven for 14 from the field, two for five from three in 32 minutes. He was the third leading scorer for the Lakers. Austin Reeves. Oh, boy. Austin Reeves. 34 minutes played, 9 points, 11 rebounds. Wow. Did not feel like that at all. So many uncontested rebounds in today's game where several guys can get it, and it's just like your turn. Oh, I got it. You got to win rebounds. Sorry, you got to get rebounds to win games, but it doesn't mean what it used to when you have to box out more and teams are actually going for offensive boards more. But anyway, not to try to take that away from him. Just saying the stat line looks better than it is. He almost had a triple-double. Nine points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, four turnovers, though. Don't think he played well. 40% from the field. 0 for 5 from 3. I want to address this. He only took, like, one or two good ones. Some of them he's spotting up way too deep, like feet behind the line. I get it. He wants to, you know, pull the defense further away from the basket and make that double team in rotation harder. But, dude, you're not Klay Thompson. Like, stand behind the line or, like, a foot behind it. That's way too deep of three sometimes from Reeves. 0 for 5. How about D'Angelo Russell? 28 points, 5 boards, 5 dimes, 2 turnovers, 1 block. Shot 60% from the field. 12 for 20. Shot the most shots of any Laker. Honestly, I have no problem with it when he's shooting like that. Shot 66% from three. 4 for 6. No free throw attempts, though. Doesn't really get to the rim. Very much a two-level scorer, it feels like, D'Angelo Russell. But a very good game from him, in my opinion. And then AD. Awful game. Maybe his worst of the season. Questioning if he's even 100%. Nine points, nine boards. Four blocks, but five turnovers. Just, like, missing shots. Couldn't score on Harrison Barnes. A couple times where I thought he was going to block Sabonis and didn't. This ball slipped out of his hands a couple times. Three for nine. 0 for one from three. Three for three from the line in 35 minutes. And then LeBron. Stat line looks better than what he played, in my opinion. 28 point, A triple-double for the King. 
28 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, 4 steals, 1 block, 6 turnovers. Wow, 4 steals. Impressive. 6 turnovers, though. Shot 60%, 9 for 15 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3, and 7 for 8 from the line. But I thought there were some moments of poor transition defense. A lot of moments of just poor defense from Braun and a little bit too careless with the ball, but he was still pretty good. It is what it is. It's not about, oh, he, he didn't, did he play bad? Did he not? Like, who cares? Lakers lost. He didn't play well enough. AD was worse. This, I mean, bottom line. But AD, you know, every time it seems like the Lakers are close to crowning him the best player on the team, he doesn't stay consistent with it. So hopefully he's okay. Kings win it 125 to 110. Lakers have been rumored in the Zach Levine trade talks. By the way, if you want to check out what I said about each team going into the season, like my preview, my ranking, check it out. It was one of the four sportsman episodes, and I timestamped it. I had the Bulls finishing 12th because I believe they're going to blow it up and make trades in the middle of the season. Zach Levine already on the trading block after a rough start to the season. I like Levine's game. He's clearly not a number one. I thought he, he could be a number two, but he's never really been in that position. I mean, DeRozan is not a number one, so it's it's... It's not, you know, it's not even worth even trying to talk about. He defers to DeRozan, so I, I ain't having that. Now, Laker fans, some of them I saw on Twitter today, talking about bringing in Zach as a third option. But who are you giving up for him? Are you giving up your defensive depth? Because you need some better, you, you can't give up the point of attack defenders in Torian and Cam and the size and Rui. Can't do that. Do you give up Reeves or D'Lo? I wouldn't give up Reeves for the long term. Do you give up D'Lo? Then you got to implement a new star. To me, I don't know how much better it makes the Lakers. But at the right price, honestly, I don't think it's the biggest idea. The thing, the, the worst idea, I should say. But at the same time, Zach Levine's inconsistent, doesn't play great D. You already have chemistry with the squad. It may be better off just keeping it where it's at. At the end of the day, it's not the role players. It's AD and LeBron that have to outperform certain guys against Denver in the playoffs. It's what it's going to come down to. By the way, before I end, I also want to chime in on the Warriors, not their form because I haven't watched the last couple of games, but the Draymond Green thing. Man, he had it premeditated out there for Gobert. He took that chance and put him in a headlock, and it was just unnecessary and weird from Draymond, who's been a bozo ever since the pandemic. I got nothing to say. He got a five-game suspension. Probably should have been 10. I don't like Rudy Gobert either, but it is what it is. That's it for me in this one. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I'm always trying to get feedback, constructive criticism. Let me know what you think, Laker fans. Peace, and now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Good night.